Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'ma Talk About It. My name is Alicia, or sometimes people call me Ngozi Okechi, which is my birth name. My pronouns are she, her, and my title is Accountability Empowerment Coach and Ancestral Healer. I definitely made that up myself, so <laughs> if you have questions about it, let me just explain really quickly. So why did I choose accountability empowerment? Because I believe in empowering people to be accountable. I don't believe that you should be dependent on somebody else to be able to hold yourself responsible. And then considering that the gifts that I share with the world and my specialties, which is healing things that have come from generations before us, that is exactly why I call myself an ancestral healer. So let's jump right in. Tonight's episode is called, This Ain't Just About You. Let's talk about accountability. So thank you all for joining. I am super excited, lightweight, kind of nervous. Let's be real. As you all know, (laughs) for most of you, I am an introverted extrovert. So I can come off really loud and funny, but girl, I love me some solitude. But anyways, thank you for showing up and showing up for yourself and for me. Um, I appreciate it. Today, we're going to discuss accountability, like the real accountability, not like, you know, you set a goal and then you want someone to hold you accountable, but like the real accountability, the kind that's crucial to understand, the one that society needs to practice immediately. And that's why I have this podcast because it's so much bigger than all of us. It's so much bigger. And I don't know if anybody fully understands that, but I'm going to try and tell you why. So let's talk about it. Let's start with the definition of accountability. Accountability is taking responsibility for your actions. And when I say actions, I mean the decisions that you make the ones that were really freaking bad and the ones that were great. And maybe you had some awful ones and some awkward ones. And maybe you even made decisions that you didn't even know you made for others. Maybe it was what you said to someone, your family, a small child, your neighbor. It's all about decisions. And guess what? There's nothing excluding it. So why is it important? Our lives are fundamentally built on decision-making. If you have zero understanding of your decisions, you likely have zero understanding of how you treat people and how you treat yourself, which, you know, I feel like no matter how many times I tell people that, they're like, I still don't understand why I act like this. And I'm like, well, let's think about why you act (laughs) like this. Do you know what decisions you're making? And usually it's, uh, yeah, maybe. And then I'm like, do you really understand what you're doing? And usually it's a hard no. So the way you treat yourself has a lot to do with your sense of accountability. And accountability doesn't just mean, again, oh, let's set a goal and remind ourselves to do it because that's an alarm clock. It ain't just that. It's making decisions intentionally mitigating trauma in the decision-making process 
and then holding space for conversations. If you are in the market of understanding your own behavior and creating a safer environment for yourself and others to thrive in, it's extremely essential that you practice accountability because lives literally depend on it. So I want to tell you my story because I feel like my story is an amazing example of what happens if you don't take accountability and then what happens when you do. So a few years ago, I was in a marriage and I know this may be a repeat for some of you, but I'm going to tell it anyways. (laughs) A few years ago, I was in a marriage and towards the end, I felt trapped but I didn't understand why. I didn't understand the feeling itself. I didn't have a way to identify what it was. I can put a word to it now, but I didn't know what it was before. But the longer I let this feeling linger and linger and linger, the more it began to grow. And I remember telling my sister how I felt like something inside me was waiting to explode but I didn't know what. I wish I knew. Like in hindsight, (laughs) it was pretty obvious. But when I am in the moment, when I try to put myself back into my shoes, I had no clue what it was. It felt like, you know, if you're trying to boil water and you put some top ramen in it and it bubbles up all too fast right when you turn around, it felt like that. But when I went about my life, my life that I thought that I wanted at the time. I was the perfect wife, the perfect friend, the assimilated black female who blended right into the very white city of Santa Barbara, where I, and I tell you, mostly saw black people in the Isle of Sally's swamp. (laughs) Literally. I remember feeling so out of place in my own home in the world, in Santa Barbara, at work, and sometimes even amongst my own friends. I had always grown up with anxiety, likely waves of depression in hindsight, and not many resources with how to deal with my emotions. And this is no shade to how I was raised, but I'm going to acknowledge the fact that maybe I didn't get all the resources I needed to express myself or to identify the feelings that I was feeling at the time. So as I grew older, I still was unfamiliar with what to look for. I would wake up literally in the middle of the night, jolted, like someone like slapped me in the face and then rolled me out of bed. But I was having a panic attack and I was crying. Whatever that was in my body was literally trying to beat its way out. And I would get out of bed, panicking in the dark, trying to find a place where I could sit. And I would always end up in the kitchen because the tile was cool. And I would sit there because it felt safe. And I would curl up into a ball. And I would just cry. And I would try to catch my breath. And sometimes it would take me five minutes. Sometimes it would take me ten minutes. But I would sit there and try to bring myself back to this reality that I secretly did not want. I had a small community back then and definitely didn't see myself reflected back at me at work. 
So I always felt like I was trying to fit in, but I didn't really fit in. And right after the death of George Floyd, I remember sitting in the backyard. And I think actually it was the day after he died. And all I wanted to do was sit in the frickin' backyard, <laughs> take some deep breaths, and meditate. Find a way to ground myself because at the time, my partner and I didn't see eye to eye on how to show up in this world that had changed so quickly. I was in a multiracial marriage, but we were very, very different. So the scenes that I saw on TV were really triggering, but the scenes that he saw on TV was different. He didn't see it the same way. He didn't feel it the same way. And again, no shade, but just saying that we definitely saw the world differently. So all I wanted to do that morning was just sit outside and frickin' take a deep breath and enjoy the air. And maybe I could come back inside and do the work that I had signed up to do, my lame-o nine-to-five. But instead, I was literally sitting and I hear the gate open. And let me tell you... For anybody who knows me, y'all know I don't like scary movies. <laughs> I try to watch them and then I basically have nightmares for six months. <laughs> so hearing a gate open while you're sitting outside with your eyes closed is not the best feeling. I don't know how all y'all listen to podcasts or like murder mystery things before bed, but let me tell you that is not my cup of tea. I'd rather watch Steven Universe or something along those lines. Supernatural. That's as far as I go. But anyways, I turned around and I saw my neighbor, an older white woman, walking in my backyard as if she belonged there, like as if she owned it. And I couldn't say anything because I felt like no matter how many times I said something to her, it didn't matter. And there was a part of me that was like, you could call the cops. But at that time, I wasn't feeling safe to call the cops, even though I was in my own home. Because I had also experienced many other things in Santa Barbara at the time, like being chased into a Starbucks just for being black. And so I went inside and I turned to my partner and I said, can you handle that, please? Sure enough, we argued like we usually did. Eventually, they went outside, and I stood there. And when they came back, and we argued once again, I said no. I put my hand up, and all I could say was no, no more. I didn't know what was happening, but whatever was trying to get out of my body was like, hell no, this is it. Like, if you're not going to stop yourself, then I'm going to stop you. And so I did. I kept saying no. And I knew that whatever atmosphere I was in, whatever environment that I had built around myself, my body was revolting because I couldn't see the signs. I wasn't paying attention. And I wasn't seeing that I had lost my identity, that I had shrunk. I was small. 
on the inside, I was scared and I was alone. And I had called my sister and she reminded me what happened to that fiery girl who would be like, oh, hell no, to anything, literally anything. I was cutthroat, y'all. Like I would hide all the fucking oatmeal because I wanted to and I didn't want nobody else to have it. And I even tried to sell my sister's keys to her. (laughs) That was the fiery kid that she was talking about. I wasn't perfect, but I knew what I wanted and I would try and get it. And so she reminded me that this wasn't me. And so I began to look for resources like Pure Luna, where I ended up finding other black people. And every time I went, I would leave so much more happy. And sometimes when I would visit all of the free workshops, I would release large amounts of waves of grief, sadness, and pain. I thought it was never going to end some days because I would cry so hard I couldn't even see the road in front of me. And I would pull over and keep allowing whatever it was inside of me to just pour out all over my steering wheel, all over myself. And there was no judgment there. And I knew that I had found a community that would help me heal. I slowly began to have the energy to be myself again, to find my voice again. And so I began to learn that the more I made intentional choices about choosing myself, the better my life became. I regularly went to their gatherings, surrounded myself with healers, attended every event I could, relied on herbal allies to heal me. I worked on my womb space where most of my trauma was held. And then one day, I walked out of that house that I felt trapped in, and I never looked back. I made peace with where I was, though, and that's what was key. I was grateful for having the experiences and the memories that we created. They gifted so many beautiful things to me. I already had resilience and perseverance and the knowledge, but they had given me something so deep. And it was the feeling of losing my identity, but then reconnecting with my inner child and reconnecting with a self that I had lost so long ago. And you know what else I made peace with? Is the fact that I could choose to sit and be angry about the whole situation, or I could understand the decisions that were made, and that we are all products of our upbringing. And so I knew then, after I accepted that, that there was so much work to be done. I literally also hated my job. So I made another intentional decision to leave. After I moved out of my house, I also found an apartment that I loved. I bought plants that I loved, crystals that I loved, sheets that I loved. I let go of friends that I had had for a long time. I even let go of family members that were exhausting the shit out of me because the more I released, the more I got my energy back. And I know people say that sometimes you need to be a ride or die, but sometimes you die when you ride along. So let that sit with you for a minute. 
every single decision I made, I didn't know the outcome, but I knew that I was happy and I could recognize that feeling. That happiness exploded into momentum like a catalyst. I was free falling and flying all at the same time, connecting more and more with myself and the universe. I walked everywhere with a smile. I would literally walk down the streets, play my song, bippity bopping along, <laughs> literally bippity bopping. That's what I was doing. Anything that didn't serve me, I dumped that shit. And I kept on chucking along. And today, let me tell you, after I kept dumping all that shit, I started a company. The company that I've always wanted to build because I knew that I had a story to share. That little fiery girl who tried to sell people's car keys and hide oatmeal, who also used to carry a little voice box around recording themselves because they knew their voice was powerful. Well, I'm that CEO and founder of my own business, Flourish Ashe, because I'm using my gifts to now heal people. And it's all because I chose to be accountable about my decisions. But the biggest lesson is that I know how to help the next gatekeepers, the children, the ones we often forget about, but the ones who are watching us like a hawk. The work I did on myself, my children will now benefit from, and their children will benefit from. So it lives on far past us. And today, I still hold safe places to have conversations because it's important. So when you think about accountability, it's about your life. Had I not become self-aware of my needs and my wants or surrounded myself with the right nourishing community and had a plan to heal the wounds that kept me in unhealthy cycles, I wouldn't be where I am today. So when we think about the future of the world and the issues that we face today, I ask you this one question. Do you practice accountability? Because the world depends on it. And imagine if all of the hate, racism, and discrimination were replaced with conversations, understanding, and a plan to do better. Would the world be a better place? Would we be facing the same issues today if everyone did their part? Because the pain we feel is real. But how do we learn from our mistakes and do better? We literally practice accountability. One day at a time, one moment at a time. So this, my friends, is accountability. And this is how you find your bliss and share it with others. I hope you are leaving today with a gift to share with other people, other people in your community, other people you love and care about, or maybe if you don't love and care about them, maybe you just share a gift because it's the kind thing to do. The truth about accountability is what you share and you help to carry it forward.
So thank you all so much for joining. I hope that you enjoyed this little tidbit of what's to come. This is my story, and I'll be holding space for others to tell theirs. Because next week, or next month, my bad, not week, (laughs) next month, y'all, I'm too busy for that. We'll have on Dr. Maisha Korea, clinical psychiatrist, and we'll be talking about mental health, mental health resources within marginalized groups, and the social impact of miseducation. So join me next month for a very, very special discussion. And thereon after that, keep coming back, keep holding space, and keep being accountable. I also want to mention to everyone that on April 14th, I am hosting a Claiming Accountability workshop, A Journey to Self, to help you start finding your bliss, to start undoing these cycles that we've learned, the ones we can't always identify, but the ones we can start identifying, because we can always do the work to make a better impact on the world and find our happiness. But before we go, I want to announce the winner of the Claiming Accountability Journey to Self workshop. Let me just pick a name right quick. And the winner is, let's just give this a little shake. It's Oluwatian. Congratulations, my friend. The spirits out there wanted you to join. So be sure to claim your prize within the next 24 hours. All you have to do is DM me on Instagram and say, claim my prize. And I will give you immediate access to the workshop. I am so excited for this next round. I am so excited to have you there. And I can't wait to see how this journey goes for all of you. Again. Thank you so, so much for showing up. And I hope that you continue to show up for the rest of this podcast and for yourself. Keep doing the work and keep making change. Have a good night, y'all.